The Bible says that he gives us the ability to produce wealth, to produce the wealth. And so we have to produce it by working with our hands. You need to put a plan in place and you must take action. In order for you to make money in your sleep, you've got to put in the work and take the action. We love knowing and keeping secrets. It makes us feel loved. It makes us feel important. It makes us feel valued. But that is the best kept secret. We are loved by the creator of the universe. This season, we are coming together with some of the most beautiful queens that you will ever meet to unpack productivity tips from the Bible. If it's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to search it out, then queen, we've got some work to do. Let's get to it. Hey, y'all, it's me, Liv, and I want to thank you for coming back to another episode of The Best Kept Secret. I am so grateful that you are here and I hope you don't ever take my gratitude for granted because I mean it. I don't know about you, but I have been loving these conversations. I mean, y'all already know I live for a good conversation and it's my prayer that you have thought the same about these as I have. We are unpacking productivity tips from the Bible. And I know that you may have had some questions in your heart about what that could possibly mean. But now, you know, we are about prioritizing the meaning above the millions of other things that the world tells us that we should be doing. And we're going to get into our finances today. Now, some people like to stay away from topics such as these because they can be very tricky to navigate. But y'all already know we are not necessarily politically correct over here. We are biblically correct. And so we are going to introduce scripture into this topic because I want you to level up. I want you to experience everything that God has for you. And that includes your finances. Sis, you don't have to manifest. Sis, you don't have to attract. Sis, you don't have to go to the psychics to ask them what's going to happen in a year or if you're going to get that job or whether you should apply. I want you to know that the Bible will bless you and it also will bless your finances. There is no area within your life that it does not cover. So today we're going to Malachi 3.10. Now, if you are versed in the word and you know it, you know this verse. Malachi 3.10 says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough for Now, it goes on further, but we're going to stop here for the purposes of this podcast because my guest (laughs) has so much to say on this subject, and you are going to love it. But we're going to stop here because this verse alone is heavy, and it includes so many different aspects that we should consider first. It's my hope that you never stop here when you hear a verse that's been recommended, but that you go further into it, that you open up or start a Bible plan that could walk you through it even more deeply, and that you, above all, invite the Lord to speak to your heart 
in the area that he recognizes you need help. This word tells us to bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. And a tithe is the first 10% of your finance. Now, it is so much more than that. But at its most basic level, it is 10% of your finances. The Lord tells us that when we do that, he will open up the floodgates of heaven and pour us out so much blessing that we will not have room for. I know that those of you who have memorized this verse, those of you who have walked by this verse for years now, may truly listen to this and wonder if this is a podcast episode for you. But I want to remind you, sis, that you still have room. You still have room in your business. You still have room in your finances. You still have room in your dreams and desires. You still have room. Room And the Lord said that if you would trust him in this area, he would pour out so much that you don't have enough room for it. I don't know about you, but I got room. So I'm putting a demand on the Holy Spirit because he is not a man. He does not lie. He is not human. He does not change his mind. That which he desires, he accomplishes. And his purpose is always achieved. And so it is my hope that you would open up your heart and just ask God, Father, where do you want to move? What do you want to speak into today? Because I still have gotten world. I first began to walk in this verse when I was a senior in college. It was January of 2009, and I know I just dated myself for a lot of y'all. You know, like, I don't know if she was that old. <laughs> but it was January of 2009, and I did not have a job. Now, I'm a planner, y'all. So although this might not be a big deal to many of you, because I still had four more months before graduation, this was a big deal to me. <laughs> I did not have a job lined up, which was even more odd because I'd been heavily recruited by a specific organization that I wanted to work with. Yeah, they recruited me so heavily, personal dinners and all of these different things that I could not believe that they waitlisted me when I received my response to the applications and the interview processes I'd gone through. I... <laughs> was humbled to say the least, but I was also irate. And I thank God that he used that moment in my life to draw me closer to him and give me a new revelation of his word because I cannot imagine where I would be if I had not started time. I don't want to imagine it. I don't want to imagine it. <laughs> There have been times where it has been hard to remain faithful, but those times, they are long gone now because I have seen the fruit of it. This is the one place in the Bible where the Lord tells us to test him. It's the one place, and y'all already know it. The creator of the universe is telling us to test him. We better take him up on it. I started tithing that January. Within three months, I had not one, not two, but three job offers. 
And I was considering whether I wanted to take any of them because I also had an opportunity to interview in D.C. where I wanted to move with the promise of a job as soon as I entered. The issue was that they didn't accept interviews until you graduate. I was chilling by the time May came around without a care in the world. And then that organization that I wanted to work for called me back and said, we want you. But y'all, my type of testimony does not end there. It does not end there. All right. (laughs) By the time I was 24, I purchased my first home. By the time I was 27, I got married to my husband who also had a home and we sold my home and used that equity to pay off my student loans and another little bill that he had. And by the time I was 30, my parents had gifted us a significant amount of equity in the home in which we now live. And that's, oh, that is not even the tip of the iceberg. I have been blessed by tithing and I want you to be blessed too. Now let's go on and get into this conversation because my guest is overflowing with the anointing. (laughs) And uh, you need to meet her. Jackie Morrison is God's business lady. She is a Jesus follower, a wife and a mother, and she has founded God's Business International, a society geared towards making God the CEO of your business and life, obtaining a master's of business administration degree and having over 20 years of experience in finance as a six-figure executive. She has built a lot of knowledge and surpassed many hurdles. She is passionate And she is a lifelong trainer. And she's your go-to girl when it comes to networking and business resources. She's been married for 15 years. She's raised six children. And she's done all of that while working in ministry and still maintaining a nine-to-five. You better, Sid, you better. (laughs) Jackie aids women in finding their purpose through faith to execute their God-given talents. Through God's Business University, she helps women in business, whether in corporate business or entrepreneurship, expand their business community and gain valuable knowledge to help thrive in their environment and grow their businesses more efficiently, effectively, and strategically. Most importantly, she helps them to grow their businesses with God first. With her funny analogies and girl next door personality, she is able to relate to her clients with ease. Jackie has appeared on multiple radio interviews. She is a published author and she's been featured in magazines. She's the founder of the Reignited Prayer Call, the Wealth Igniter for the Sheep Wealth Society, an investor in a Forex crypto trader. Through her wealth of knowledge and experience, she has been a top leader in her industry, and she's assisted women in achieving their goals. Jackie is committed to helping you find your purpose, obtain wealth, and walk in it as a Christian businesswoman. Now, please help me to welcome my guest, Jackie Morrison. Jackie, how are you? I am wonderful. How are you? 
I'm so good. I am so excited about our time together. Now, before we get into all of this, because as you can see, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Tell us a few things about yourself that weren't in your bio or that you're excited that God is doing in your life right now. Oh, God is so good. He, when I tell you, like he is just blessing on top of blessing on top of blessing. And don't get me wrong, because a lot of times we say, oh, yeah, God is so good. He's blessing, blessing, blessing. There are challenges. Absolutely. There are still challenges, but we are overcome. Right. And so some of the grateful things that I'm just grateful for right now that some were in my bio is that I have six beautiful children. We have five beautiful grandchildren. Four of those grandkids came during the pandemic. And I have a senior in high school. And then our last child is in eighth grade. So we're all close to being done with raising our six children. Killing it. Oh my goodness. Let's get into it. You know, here at The Best Kept Secret, we have a variety of listeners. Hager, hey. And I am just so excited to get into this conversation because I know that we have women who are incredibly devoted tithers, but we also have those who are unconvinced. They just really don't understand what it's about and, you know, have some question about whether or not it's necessary. So I'd like to ask you, you know, what would you say to the person who is I'm convinced that tithing works. Mm, that's so good. That's so good. So one of the base scriptures that you, I think are basing this podcast today off of is Malachi 3 and 10. And I just want to read that. And I want to actually read it from the message Bible, if that's okay. And it says, bring your full tithe to the temple treasury. So there will be ample provisions in my temple. Test me in this and see if I don't open up heaven itself to you and pour out blessings beyond your wildest dreams. For my part, I will defend you against the martyrs, protect your wheat fields and vegetable gardens against plunderers. And so like I have been a faithful tither probably since I was like five years old. That's literally one of the first principles that my mom taught me in church was tithing. And so even if it was like, here's your $10 allowance for the week, because, you know, back in the day, it was like 10. Now the kids want 50 and 60. So she's like, you take that $1 and you pay your 10% tithing. And so from there, it has truly established me with tithing my entire life. Some people say, well, oh, that's old, old Testament. And it's like, no, it's old and it's New Testament. It talks about giving your first fruit. And even, you know, Jesus, when he was walking along and he had to, he was entered into his, his home city, he had to pay his uh, taxes. And so he was like, just because of who I am doesn't mean I don't have to pay. He had his disciple open up the fish's mouth and take the coin out of his mouth and pay what he had to pay. Tithing just opens up so many doors for us. I just even think about being an avid tither you know, I'm blessed in every area. It's not just about finances. Even during this pandemic, I'll just tell a quick testimony really quick. 
we decided to sell our home during the pandemic. Beautiful home. No one could understand why we would sell our home. It was literally a 4,000 square foot house, one story, pool, built in bar. I mean, everything you could imagine. It was, to me, it was my dream home, but now I see it's not my dream home no more. So we actually sold our home and God allowed us to get almost a hundred percent return on the home. And so we decided we were going to stay in an apartment and we were going to like, you know, just really save, rack, 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 open up a few businesses. And so three months into apartment living, I was like, uh-uh, this right here is not for me. So this is again during the pandemic when people are losing their jobs, they can't pay their bills, unemployment's backed up. And then there's all there was also this house rush during the pandemic, right? So people were buying houses like crazy. Literally, there were 30 and 40 offers that people people were putting on homes and you could only accept one offer. I called up her loan officer and I said, you know, I want to buy a house. And so she did everything for me. And let me tell you how God's provision, how tithing opens up the doors. I called my realtor, who's my good girlfriend. And she pulled up about five or six houses. The very first house that I walked into, I said, this is our house right here. I said, this is the house we're getting right here. When I say it was turnkey, Everything in here was 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 immaculate, okay? Turnkey, just put my stuff in there, I'm good to go. And she was like, well, girl, you know it's going to be a bunch of offers and blah, 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 blah. And it might take forever to get into it. And so long story short, we put the offer in the same day it was accepted. When other people literally were having to put down thirty and 40000 over the asking price, we only had to go 10000 over the asking price. It was accepted. And we were able to secure the loan and move in and get the keys within 20 days. When you fully understand tithing, you will understand that it's not just about the money. It's about you getting closer to God's heart and your commitment to God. It's your commitment to God. And we're, we're under the belief sometimes that, you know, oh, if I give my money to the church, the pastor's going to go get this brand new BMW, <laughs> you know, and that, guess what? That's not for us to, to care about or worry about. We're just having to do it because at the end of the day, we have to stand before him and give an account for what we do. And so if everything belongs to God, if everything belongs to God, even our money belongs to him. So why would we not give him back what's due him? And then the last thing, the point that I want to make from this is that tithing helps the ministry and builds the kingdom. If no one in the church building tithe, how would the building stand? How would the lights come on? How would the gas come on? How would you know you be able to have programs and church services and deliverance services without having the building? And so the tithe is to keep the building going. Ah, so good. Oh my goodness. There was so much there. And I love that you said that it keeps the building going. It also keeps ministry flowing both in and out of those church doors so that we can go out and reach people. Why is it that we bring God second best? You know, the church that I go to right now has missions trips throughout uh, Mexico. And so we've just founded three churches in Mexico. And I just can't imagine you know, what would happen had those churches that were just getting started not had the support to 
build the buildings that they have or fix the roof on those refurbished buildings that they acquired, you know? It helps us keep ministry flowing. And I love, I love that you talked about how, you know, we sometimes look at what the pastor has, but that is absolutely not for us to do because the pastors also have jobs. <laughs> the pastors also have businesses. The pastors also write books. They are real people, y'all. So that is definitely an area that we have to check our hearts if we find ourselves looking at other people's money more than our own. I just want to ask you, you know, if you could share a few of the secrets that you've learned from the wealthy, from your own wealth. When I was growing up, I did really like designer clothes and all of that. And so I would spend my whole little check in high school on one outfit and not even have enough money to go to the game. But, you know, my dad would tell me, Liv, I work with judges who have multiple houses and they wear the same pair of shoes to work every day, but their portfolio is extensive and I want that for you. So please teach today. Help us to get out of this mindset of poverty where we are all about appearances and help us to develop a portfolio that really does demonstrate the glory of our Father. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's so important, you know, um, because, you know, we're such a people who have been built on appearances and what a person looks like and keeping up with the Joneses when you don't even know the Joneses. You don't even see the Joneses every single day. So why are you keeping up with people who you don't even see every single day, right? And so some of the secrets, um, and you even identified the biggest secret, the greatest secret to the wealthy is being a giver. Like being a giver. Every wealthy person you know, millionaires, billionaires, they all have foundations. Don't get me wrong. Part of it, yes, is for tax purposes, but that we can get to that, you know, another, another show. But they are giving back. And that's exactly what we're supposed to do. That's why God gives us the ability to produce wealth so we can go back because he said the poor will be among you always. And so we should be given to the poor. And we should be, you know, building the kingdom and, and helping our churches. I tell people, you can't help your church if you can't write the check. Because we can't just keep selling barbecue dinners and chicken sandwiches thinking we're going to go somewhere, right? We need people in the kingdom to be able to just write the check. And so definitely the Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, press down, shake it together and running over. So they, they, there's a song that says you can't beat God's giving. So you can't outgive him. And so that's one, like you said, the greatest secret to becoming wealthy. Another secret, and people really don't believe this, is affirmations and declarations. They're absolutely necessary in building and, and building wealth, your emotional wealth. And when I talk about wealth, I just don't talk about your financial wealth. I talk about your emotional wealth, your mental wealth, your physical wealth, your relationship wealth right? Because we want to be wealthy in all areas of our lives. Like I can't be wealthy financially, but my relationships are continuously being broken. So we definitely, the affirmations and the declaration and speaking those things as though they are literally writing out your dreams. This is what the wealthy do, writing out their dreams, writing out their visions. We know that the Bible says to write the vision and make it plain upon tablets that he that readeth it, 
that he will run that readeth it, right? And so I tell people, educate yourself. You've got to educate yourself. All wealthy, the 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 multimillionaires, the billionaires, they all read books. <laughs> Believe it or not, literally three to five books per month. And so those are some of the secrets literally to you know, having wealth and becoming wealthy. Like you said, sacrificing. People don't understand sacrificing just like those judges. Yeah, he could go out and he can buy all of the shoes. But, you know, his, his thing is, let me get my portfolio right. And that's what his focus is. Where your focus is, is where your heart is. When you focus on your outside and your material things and all the material things you have, that's really where your heart is. Let's talk about where focusing on generational wealth. What are you going to leave to your children? We should be looking at a portfolio. And some of you guys might even be on here and you're like, well, Jackie, what is even a portfolio? So your portfolio is what your net worth. A portfolio is what are you worth and what do you have in assets? So what do you have in real estate? What do you have in silver? Are you buying silver and gold? Do you have cryptocurrency? Do you have insurance policies? Um, do you have land? Do you own land? Do you own your own? home? Do you own multiple homes? Do you have stocks? Do you have bonds? All of this 401ks and 403s and, you know, IRAs and raw sets, Seth, all of these things, literally, they make up your portfolio. And so we have to start getting more into our portfolio instead of going out, buying the latest of everything. Now, don't get me wrong. It's okay. It's okay to go and buy this here and there if you can afford it, but not just to have it so people will think that you are this, that, or the other. Absolutely. Absolutely. I am going to ask y'all, you know, I ask you every single podcast episode, but I'm going to ask you to share this with someone. I'm going to ask you to take a screenshot of it and put it in your stories and tag us because People need this knowledge and we can't keep holding it all to ourselves. One of the things that I have known is that those who are wealthy connect with others who are wealthy and they have a tendency to keep their secrets to themselves. That is not what we are doing here. So Jackie is over here giving freely and she has a couple of resources that she's going to be telling us about a little bit later so that you can really just delve into this much more deeply. You know, Jackie, when you were talking, you actually reminded me of the 12th century definition of wealth, which is the state of happiness or well-being and i just thought that that was really intriguing because it does encompass so much more than just money and you know the bible tells us in third john one and two that it says beloved i pray that you may prosper in everything even as your soul prospers and so we know that when we pursue to make Christ, the Lord of our life, and we bring everything into submission, everything else starts growing more abundantly as well. And it may not be, you know, that you become a seven-figure business owner, but it doesn't mean that you can't still have multiple homes. And I think that's something that we have confusion about. It may not be that you've been called to, you know, travel abroad to a different country every month at your whim. 
but can you send someone else who is doing the Lord's work? We've got to elevate our mindset here. Our conversation will be back in just a moment, but for now, I'd like to invite you to get connected to The Heart, the email newsletter that I send in partnership with a colorfully candid paradigm. It's through The Heart that we'll have the opportunity to introduce you to what our ministry partners have going on, what featured interviews we'll be hosting in the Colorfully Candid Collective, and who will be joining me for the live recording of the best kept secret. It's my hope that you will be there right along with us. Now, go on and click that link in the description or the show notes, and let's get back to our conversation. All right, all right. You hit on a little bit of the different types of money and the different types of currency that you can add to your portfolio. And one of the things that I wanted to ask you about was residual income. (laughs) I'm here for it, but I will say, y'all, we need to be wise and we need to be discerning because there are a whole bunch of commercials on it right now. My question for you, Jackie, is what can you tell us about the mindset that we need to cultivate in order to you know, develop some residual income? And how can we be wise as we look for the opportunities that are right for us? Absolutely. And so that's, it's really important that you educate yourself. Education is so key. We educate ourselves about everything. We study the word of God. We go to college for our jobs and, you know, to get better jobs, but we literally do not educate ourselves on our finances. You know, we want to get rich overnight. We'll pray and say, God, you know, I'm in this predicament, send me money. And we want to wait for this big bang theory dump of money to show up in your bank account or the check to be in the mail. Right. And all of these things. And that's how we're so gullible because we don't discern. We're so gullible to, like you say, just sign up with different ones on Instagram or whatever, thinking we're going to get this big return overnight. And wealth is not built overnight. Wealth is built slowly. It is built slowly. It is built slowly. Wealth is not built overnight. If you think about even your job, your job, you've been on it for 10 years or 15 or 20 years. It You didn't jump from, from the very first step to the very last step in the first or second day. It's a gradual process as you move up the ladder. And so, yeah, it's so funny you say that because um, there was a post that I made yesterday on Facebook and I said, wishing and hoping to become a millionaire won't get you any closer to being a millionaire than wishing and hoping to lose 20 pounds and being 20 pounds lighter. And I said, why? Because you have got to put in the work. The money won't just appear in your bank, just like the weight won't just disappear. And so you said, well, what type of mindset? So your habits have got to change because what you're doing right now with your finances has led you to where you are right now. And so if that's not a happy place for you, then it's time to make some changes and change some of the habits that you have developed and you have picked up over the years. Discipline 
It's important because discipline will allow you to be able to build a business or, you know, stay on the job or even manage your finances. Because a lot of us, we don't need more finances. We need to ask God to teach us how to manage what we have, you know, because I he can give you more. But if you can't manage what you have, it doesn't even matter. It's still going to be the same situation, right? Consistency and being consistent in your dealing. So if you're doing a business, being consistent in your business, not giving up so quickly. That's why most businesses do not succeed because you give up so quickly because you're not consistent and you're not disciplined. You think the money's going to come right away and it doesn't work like that. The Bible says that he gives us the ability to produce wealth, to produce the wealth. And so we have to produce it by working with our hands. You need to put a plan in place and you must take action. In order for you to make money in your sleep, you've got to put in the work and take the action. You can't just wait. The Bible says that faith without works is dead. So you can have faith and you can wish, 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 but you also have got to put in the works. Putting in the work on the front end will allow you to reap the harvest on the back end and you will have money in your sleep because we are born, we are here and we were here to multiply. The Bible says that we go out and multiply. He wasn't just talking about going out and having babies. He said that we need to go and we need to multiply. And so one of my coaches, her book is born to multiply. And that's what we're here for. We want to see our money multiply, but eventually we want to get to a point to where it's multiplying literally, yeah, while we're sleeping. But in order for us to do that, we have got to change our mindset. We have to get rid of the stinking thinking. We're Place that with the stretch principles of God, and then we're able to put in the work so we can see the harvest while we're sleeping. Mic drop. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I'm so grateful for you. All right. You know, we have some listeners that have ministries and businesses and books on their heart and have been putting it off. Because of the lack of finances for entirely too long. If God told you to do it last year, it has been entirely too long. And my question for you, Jackie, is what advice can you give to someone who is still waiting to start their God-given goal because of a lack of finance? I would tell them, don't make that an excuse. Don't make it an excuse. If God told you to do it, he will give you the provision and the resources to do it. Let me tell you, I wrote a book to a couple of years ago. I wrote a book, Appointing God as My CEO. It's around here, sitting around here somewhere. And I'm not a writer. Liv, you the author, honey. I'm not the writer at all. Okay. I was like, you want me to do what? And so what's so funny is a year before he, a year before he told me to write the book, um, he literally had me start going on Instagram and I was doing like these 60 second motivational uh, minutes. So every morning I would get on for 60 seconds and just like give a motivational word. And I was like, okay, I don't even know why I'm doing this because I don't talk like that. And so when he told me to write the book, I was like, I don't understand how you want me to write this book. And he was like, I want you to go back and get those 60 second, 60 second motivationals and I want you to turn them into your book. And I was like, oh, okay. Now, I don't know the first thing about writing. I don't like writing. I barely passed English. 
I'm not, I, I can't talk good because I use ain't and won't and y'all. So, so, you know, I got the book done and I'm like, okay, now how is it supposed to be published? Because I don't have no money to publish no book. Like, do I supposed to pay a publisher? What have you? And, you know, I literally um, walked myself and taught myself how to go through Amazon to publish my book for free. There you go. God will give you what you need and the resources of, 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 of what you need to get it done. I tell people, start with what's in your house. Start with what's in your house. Start with whatever you have in your hands. Because even though he gave you a goal, you might have something in your hands. It's not quite that goal, but that what's in your hands will get you to the goal. And so what do you mean by that, Jackie? So if we remember 2 Kings, the fourth chapter, you guys can go back and read 2 Kings, the fourth chapter, when Elijah was the coach for this woman, right? This woman says, listen, I have all this debt. My husband died. I got this debt and I got these people coming to get my boys and they're going to put them into slavery until I pay off this debt, right? And so he says, well, what do you have? What's in your house? What's in your hands? And I know she had to have more than a, some oil in her house. I know she had to have more than a little small bottle of oil. I'm sure she had to have a broom and, you know, she had to clean the house or whatever. But she said, I got a small bottle of oil, a little bottle of oil. You know, he says, well, go tell your kids. He coached her through this. That's why it's so important to have a coach. I, I, I don't want I don't want to get on that right now. That's a whole other podcast. But he coached her through. Tell your sons. This is what I want you to go tell your sons. Tell your sons to go get all of the vessels they can find and the vases, the bottles or whatever. Get all that they can find and bring them in. And I want you to pour that oil. And he gave her step by step by step directions on what to do. She all she had what was in her house. It didn't take any extra finances. Why? Because she was in debt. She was in debt. So I tell you, women, if you know how to proofread somebody's work, you don't need money to start proofreading reading people's work. Because I hate proofreading. I will pay you to proofread my stuff, right? Whatever you have, if you know how to watch kids, if you know how to make lasagna, if you know how to organize a, a linen closet, because I will pay you to organize my linen closet, right? That doesn't take any finances to get started. Do that. And then once you do that, that will help you gain the money that you you need for whatever the goal is of what you do need the finances for but he's going to give it to you he gave you the ability to do it you just have to step out and you have to put in the work and do it see most people mm, okay thank you holy ghost most people who you know they have these goals and they want to start these businesses and they're like oh i need all of this money they don't want to put in the work they just want to get, they want somebody to give them a $10,000 check and just get started. He says, no, I need you to be faithful over what I have given you, the talent, the ability, the gift that I have given you. Go out and I want you to sell that thing and that's going to help you finance this next thing in, in, in your life, the next thing that I've given you. And I tell you, there's a scripture that I tell people about all the time. It's Proverbs 11 and 26. It says, Proverbs eleven twenty six. it says, the people curse him who holds back grain when the public needs it. But a blessing from God and man is upon the head of him who sells it, who sells it. So basically what it's saying is if I'm raising grain and I have grain, it doesn't say for me to just give the grain away. It's telling me that the people will curse him if I hold it back. 
I need to sell the grain. So what God has given you, the gift that he has given you, go out and you sell that gift. And that's going to bring the finances into your house. And the last thing I would tell you to do is always, 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 everything comes by praying and fasting. Everything comes by praying and fasting. And that praying, fasting, tithing, that's what's going to open the doors. That's what's going to bring in the provision. That's what's going to bring in the resources. That's what's going to give you the ideas and the creative ideas on what to do next to be able to bring in the money, to be able to bring in the wealth. That was. I am just excited for those that listened, for those that have been procrastinating, putting it off, because I absolutely believe that that has just ignited a fire under them to get busy. You know, I, I absolutely believe that there are a few women that are listening that are about to go do that thing. I definitely, definitely want to ask you about all of your coaching and what kinds of ways that the listener can get connected to you. But y'all, I do want to reference a podcast episode from season one. Nicole Sounding came in. She talked about the things that you need to look for in a coach. I'm going to link it below and it's going to bless you. But Jackie, you are a coach and you have programs going on currently. So please let us know what's going on. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I truly believe that like everybody needs a coach. Everybody needs a coach. What coach you have now, you might not have in the next three years. You might not have in the next 10 years. I am a wealth igniter, so I ignite the wealth in you. I ignite that fire in you. I do have a program. It's called Chic Wealth Society, and I have a Facebook group. It's on Facebook. You can look it up, Chic Well Society. You can just do at Chic Well Society on Facebook. Definitely join the Facebook group. It's absolutely amazing. Where I just give out, you know, tips and wealth strategies. We do wealth challenges together. Last month, which was February, we did a challenge. It was called I Love Saving Challenge, where literally we're saving, we saved $400 that month. Because believe it or not, most families, don't even have access to $400 in their bank account if they need it right now. They don't even have it. So February 1st, they saved the dollar. February 2nd, they saved $2. And so on until they got to $400 at what actually it's like 406 by the end of February. So we do these challenges together because a lot of times it you can do it. You just need the accountability. And that's what I'm here for. I'm here for you to get that accountability because as women, it's easy for us to let ourselves down. It's easy for us to, you know, say, oh, I'll do it later. But if somebody is holding us accountable, we don't like to let other people down. And so that's what I'm here for as your accountability coach, as your accountability partner, to ensure that you are doing what you said you're going to do. Another program that I have, is I'm Bank, Beauty, and Brains Masterclass. It's Mastering Your Finances 101, where we literally create a spending plan 
for you. We sit down and we actually create a spending plan. We see where you can cut, where you can add more money. We talk about your gifts and your abilities and your talents. We talk about your side hustles and how to bring in more money to pay off the debt that you have. So now you can move and you can start investing. You can't invest if you have nothing to invest. And so I show you how to come up with money to invest. I tell people all the time, I don't care if you invest $5, $5, buy a $5 stock. That is a start. And it's something better than nothing, right? You don't have to start with thousands and thousands of dollars or hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Because a lot of times as women, we're just intimidated by all of this. And that's why we don't do it. I help you in those areas to develop healthy habits, to get rid of the thinking that we were taught and understand where are these habits coming from for the need for you to want to go out and buy clothes every time you get paid. Where did that come from? Where did that first start? Because if you don't address where these habits first started and it could have been in your childhood, you don't address those first, then you'll never be able to get out of the cycles that you're in and you will continue to be on a spinning wheel, right? Right? And so we address those things. We address the fact that maybe when you were 10 years old, you had to go rake leaves and give that money to your mom to help her pay the light bill. And so that's why you're so closed in when it comes to money and you're not a giver because I've always had to keep this money. And so we address that. We address the fact that why every time you get a dollar, you feel the need to go spend it because growing up, you never had money. You always got hand downs. You were never able to go to the store. And so we address those things and we pray and we ask God to break those things off of you so that you now can replace that with good thinking, stretch thinking, biblical thinking, and abundance thinking. And so these are the types of things that I coach you on in my programs, in my masterclass, in my groups, because until we learn how to relearn what we know about money will never get anywhere. And so we are all called to wealth. Maybe you're not going to be a millionaire, maybe not a billionaire, but you are called to wealth. And wealth to everyone looks different. Wealth looks different to everyone, right? And so the point of wealth that I like women to get to is to the point to where they're saying, you know, I don't have to look at the price tag anymore. I don't have to look at my bank account uh, and wonder, am I going to be able to afford this, afford little Johnny a pair of shoes or be able to put food on my table? And so those are the things that we address. So definitely connect with me on Facebook. You can connect with me, Jackie Morrison um, or Chic Wealth Society. I'm all also on Instagram, Jackie underscore the wealth igniter. Um, my uh, website is godsbusinesslady.com. So there's several different ways that you can definitely um, get in contact with me. I have chills because I know that you just spoke to a few areas that there were some women who didn't even know. 
they were struggling with. Please pray into those cycles for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so most gracious God, we just love you, God. We thank you, God. We thank you for provision, God. We thank you for this podcast and every single woman that's listening, that will listen, Lord God. Lord, we pray right now for the the financial aspects for each of these women these women lord god we pray right now that that the chains will be broken seeds have been planted lord god we pray now that they go back and they look at where they've come from in their finances lord god and what they've learned in their finances and what's been handed down to them lord god and we pray now that you just pluck those things up that are not right and don't align to your word lord God. And we pray that you will replace it, God, with your word. Replace it, Lord God, with your spirit, Lord God. Replace it with every single scripture that they need in order for them to go to the next level in their finances, Lord God. Lord, I pray for the woman that's crying right now and that's crying out to you saying, Lord, please help me. I need you. Come in, Lord God. I need a financial blessing, Lord God. I pray for that woman right now that I even see on her knees right now that's crying to you She doesn't know where her next meal is going to come from. She doesn't know how she's going to get food or or clothes or school supplies for her children, Lord God. I pray right now that you will go and minister to her, Lord God. I pray now that you would turn things around for her financially, Lord God. Lord God, I pray for money management skills for these women, Lord God. Lord, let them understand how to manage their money. Let them know that it is okay to talk about their money, Lord God. That it's okay to reach out to someone that they trust trust to talk about their finances and what's in their bank accounts, Lord God. God, I pray for those women who feel bound by their husbands, Lord God, that aren't able to be financially free in their marriages, Lord God. I pray for them right now, God, that you would just allow the, the communication to go forth in their marriage in the in regards to finances. Give them a, a urgency and a, 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 a burning desire to want to know more about finances and educate themselves, Lord God. God, I just thank you for where they're going, God. I thank you for the wealth that you're bringing them, the ideas, the creativity, Lord God. I thank you for their emotional wealth, Lord God, their physical wealth, Lord God. I thank you that they're now going to say, I am going to be a faithful tithe payer. I'm going to be a faithful giver. I'm going to give tithes and offering, God, because it belongs to you. And because of that, you're going to open up the windows of heaven for each of these women. And you're going to pour out a blessing, God, that they won't have room enough to receive it, God. So I'm praying now that the keys will go forth and they will go out to these women. The keys to unlock their wealth destinies right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you now. We thank you now for the testimonies that are going to come from this, God, from this conversation, God. We thank you now for them. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 And amen. I am so excited about what God is doing in your life and I would be honored to hear which part of this show resonated with your heart. Make sure that you take a screenshot of this podcast and tag me at CandidLive on Instagram. It would be so nice to connect with you and even feature you right here on the show. Until then, know that I am praying for you. I know that you're praying for me too. 
Love you.